Hare Krishna, Vanch Prabhupada, Rubish Chakra, Pusindu Vyabha Tampatitanam, Bhavanibhyo, Vaishnavibhyo, Namo Namaha. We're not uh, able to get a hold of the broadcast on the visuals, but uh, we'll miss Mayapur TV, unfortunately, but we'll start anyway because it's taking a while. Uh, may not even get there. So we're continuing in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 24, and we're up to uh, text number 6. This chapter is called The Philosophy of Sankhya, which is the philosophy behind uh, creation, and actually a lot of, a lot of the Sankhya has to do with the universe uh, as uh, something that's uh, as, as a created uh, entity. So here, uh, well, let me just start this way. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So in this chapter, the philosophy of Sankhya, we left off uh, after, uh, to begin with text number six. So there, Krishna is explaining to Uddhava how in the, in the beginning, the absolute truth uh, produced uh, two things, uh, Prakriti and Purusha. Um, these are Prakriti and Purusha, the two categories that uh, Sankhya uh, has of, from our point of view uh, 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 the abs- uh, our philosophy is that the, the, the absolute truth the one without a second has energies um, internal external and marginal so prakriti is the external energy or the material energy uh, and the um, uh, Purusha is the marginal energy, the living souls that are uh, come into the material world. And then, of course, there's his Antaryanga Shakti, his internal potency by which he manifests the spiritual world. So this is this Purusha and Prakriti are these two energies. So it says here, text 4, of these two categories of manifestation, one is material nature, which embodies both the subtle causes and manifest products of matter. That'll be explained, both these, the subtle forms and the closer forms. And the other uh, manifestation is the conscious living entities designated as uh, enjoyers. Uh, that's the living souls that animate all living bodies. And then he goes on in text 5, when material nature was agitated by my glance, the three material modes, goodness, passion, and ignorance, became manifest to fulfill the pending desires of the conditioned soul. So they're not there yet. They're, they're at this point uh, wrapped up in a, in the, in the body of Mahavishnu. Uh, so it says pending desires because they, they, they're... Uh, ready to take birth in the, in the world. And so these three material modes, the gunas, uh, when it was agitated, the, 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 the glance of the Lord, when he looks over material energy, then it starts to differentiate. Uh, and that, that, that glance contains uh, the time energy Kala Shakti, and that time is the mixing factor. Uh, so the three modes are, are, are so. So when it's there, there's this this uh, pradana, undifferentiated, primordial, material nature. Then it's energized with the glance of the Lord Kala. The time comes. After it's energized, but before it's differentiated, uh, it's called Mahatattva, the Mahan. And then the differentiation is into these three divisions, 
of sattva, rajas, and tamas, goodness, passion, and ignorance. So now it explains a little bit how, how this begins to happen with, with text number six, which I'll read the Sanskrit of. So text go, six goes like this. Tebhyaha samabhavat sutram mahan sutrena samyutaha to vikur vato jato yankaro vimohanaha from these modes, from them, that's the goodness, passion, and ignorance, arose the primeval sutra. That word is not translated here. That primeval sutra, along with the mahatattva. By transformation of the mahatattva was generated the false ego, the cause of the living entity's bewilderment. So here, here you have something that's uh, fairly uh, subtle, uh, and the purport uh, to explain it in the, uh, the BBT purport, according to Srila Sridhar Swami, Sutra is the first transformation of material nature that manifests the potency of activity, and it is accompanied by the Mahatattva which is endowed with the potency of knowledge. So this is like a little uh, subtle first state. Uh, and so the first thing that shows up is, is there's pradana and then it's mahatattva. But actually a subtle part of the mahatattva is, is called the sutra. The word sutra literally means thread. Uh, and the sutra is what has the, the potency of the potentiality of action uh, and mahatattva uh, as such as the potency of knowledge. And then they go on to say, in the material world, one's real knowledge is covered by fruitive activity and mental speculation. That's <laughs> That's the, the, the uh, potency of action and the potency of knowledge. As one's devotional service to the Lord slackens, these two tendencies grow automatically, just as the diminishing of light automatically brings an increase in, in, in darkness. Vishnu Chakrabarti Thakur comments, the first transformation of Prakriti by the gunas is sutra, filled with Kriya Shakti. That's another way of saying the powers of action. Uh, and then one may ask, but is not Mahatattva such with Jnana Shakti first? Yes, but Mahatattva is endowed with Sutra. Mahatattva is understood to exist with Sutra. And then he says, Ahankara, is the cause of the jiva's bewilderment because um, this, this is what happens when, when the, the other thing that, that manifests uh, when you get, is you get a hankara uh, that, that's in goodness, in passion, and in ignorance. A hankara is the subtle covering by which one can think oneself an independent actor. So that ahankara is, is, is there. Uh, and then, uh, well, this is also explained a little bit uh, in uh, Bhagavatam 11.9.19, where it says, at the time of creation, the personality of Godhead expanded his own transcendental potency in the form of time. There they, they mention this. Uh, and agitating his material energy, Maya, composed of the three modes of material nature, he creates the Sutra, uh, uh, which is defined as the Mahatattva, distinguished by the power of action. Um, so then, 
this is this uh, first uh, transformation. Uh, now it describes uh, in text seven uh, a hum. They, here they, in the text they call it a hum, the sense of I or I-ness, which we always, Prabhupada always translates it as false ego because it's your wrong idea of yourself. It is the false identification of the self with the material body and the material mind and as the independent enjoyer. This is called your false idea. The true ego, there is a true ego, I am the servant of Krishna. The false ego, I am the enjoyer, I am the controller. And if God is there, his job is to help me. Uh, that's, uh, so you, you, can, you know, false ego can be in some ways religious in the sense that one believes in God, but still, God is your, as Prabhupada says, order supplier. He uses this term order supplier with a hyphen. When I, one of my early trips to India, I saw a big store by the side of the road it said such and such a place, order supplier. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a commercial term in India, order supplier. And it's apparently an agent, whatever you want, you just call them up and, and order it, and then they will supply it. Basically, Amazon.com is an order supplier. So God is the order supplier. Whatever I want, then he delivers. <laughs> So, that, so if you think of order supplier as, as Amazon.com, uh, where you can get anything you want and they can get it to you fast. <laughs> so this is the order supplier uh, that, that's there for the false ego. Uh, the true ego is I am the servant of God because that's the truth. That's what I am. So text 7 where this is described, the ego is described, uh, it goes like this, Vaikari kas taijasas cha tamasas chetya ham trivit tanmatendriyamanasam karanam shedachinmayaha. False ego, uh, that, that's, that you don't see that until the end of the second, the, the aham. Uh, the sense of I, false ego, which is the cause of physical sensation. Uh, the senses and the mind encompasses both spirit and matter and manifests in three varieties, the mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance. So there's a lot to be said about this one uh, here. So let's take it apart. Vaikarika, taijasa, Tamasa. Vaikarika is another way of saying uh, the mode of goodness. Uh, for these, because false ego, what is saying called false ego, aham trivit, at the end of that line, aham trivit, that aham is in three categories. And the three categories here are vaikarika, taijasa, and tamasa, which is another way of saying goodness passion, and ignorance. These are the terms that are used. Another set of terminology to d these three categories as, as cosmological categories, actually, because you see, this, this is, the fact is that this is all hankara. That means the whole creation takes place for the sake of the living beings. And so it all comes out of a hankara. This is providing the jivas, the other energy that comes into this, with the playground, with the material world. Uh, and so the, 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 this false ego has these three divisions, sattva, rajas, and tamas, goodness, passioning, vaikarika. Uh, and vaikarika is also called jnana shakti, the powers of knowledge. And passion is also called kriya shakti, the powers of action. And ignorance is called drovya shakti, the powers that produce matter. Uh, um, and then uh, the system uh, of uh, the supervening system of this, of, of, of goodness, uh, is also called adhidaiva, 
Adhi meaning having to do with a supervening system or the system of daiva, the devas, the controlling devas who run the universe. Uh, uh, just as uh, if you live in a municipality, you t- turn on the tap and water comes. Well, it, yeah, there's a machinery that does it, and then there's also a water department. And there's people that manage it and arrange it, and you pay your tax and they, they deliver the water. And so uh, there's an electric department. Somebody picks up the garbage. There's all these departments, and they're run by people. Those administrators of the universe are servants of God, but they're called devas. Prophet always translates it demigods. They're just powerful than we are. They know how to run the universe. uh, uh, And in in a sense, they have the powers to do things in in a very direct way uh, uh, and and control the different elements of the universes. Just like in my body, for example, there's the power of digestion. And somewhere in my body, there's a center of neural activity which governs that. And there's a power of circulation, and there's a something else that governs that, and there's the powers of locomotion, and there's something that governs that, the powers of hearing, and there's something that takes care of that. And the whole thing is all wired together. So my body is actually a hierarchy of powers also. And you should think of the universe as part of a living body. It's, it's an organic whole. And that's, the, that's how the Bhagavatam sees the universe as a living being. So in this, this production, is not that there's dead matter and then suddenly later on life evolves. It's life from the beginning. And matter, as you see here in the, in the tamasa, the ignorance part of it, uh, the uh, matter is a precipitate out of life rather than the other way around. So uh, as Prabhupada put it, uh, uh, it's not that life comes from matter, but that matter comes from life. And both life and matter come from the supreme life. That's how it really works. So anyway, so this is this threefold. Goodness, passion, and ignorance, also called by Karikas, Tajas, Tamasas, or the Jnana Shakti, Kriya Shakti, Dravya Shakti. What's being described in this, this chapter, we've all gone over. It's in the third canto where, where Kapiladev talks about Sankhya. It shows up in the second canto a lot where the you know, creation is described in various ways. So all these different, we're just reviewing really at this point what's already been given quite extensively in earlier parts of the, of, of the Bhagavatam. So these terms are there, Jnana, Kriya, and Dravya, and this Adidaiva, Adiyatma, and Adibhuta, and there's other threefold sets of terms. So anyway, from these three categories, and then you get three things, Tan, Matra, Indriya, uh, uh, Manasa. Tan Matra is first. You have to look in the word for word, but that line that begins, Tanmatendriyamanasam, Tanmatra is described here as the subtle forms of sense objects. It's what you perceive. The the word tat in Sanskrit just means that. And matra means merely, merely that. So what you get is, is, is these the tanmatras. Like, for example, the first tanmatra, uh, they're, they're described also as subtle elements. The first tanmatra uh, in the area of ignorance or of matter is sound, the object of the sense of hearing. Right? That's the tanmatra. And then associated, evolves from that tanmatra is the mahabhuta, the gross elements, and in this case, akasha, space. And then the second uh, subtle element, tanmatra, is sparsha, objects of the sense of touch. 
heat, cold, hard, soft, and so on. And the corresponding growth element is air, value. And so this is the way they go from subtle, starting very subtle, very, very subtle, to gross. See, gross means, when we say these terms subtle and gross, gross means more apparent to our senses. Just like space is not very evident, but the grossest element, earth, solids, uh, see, because these are the four sound, touch, form, taste, and smell, uh, space, air, fire, water, earth. If that sounds primitive to you, think of it as uh, in a different way. Uh, solids, liquids, gases, radiant energy, and space. Now it sounds more modern, right? Solids, we're going up now. Solids, liquids, gases radiant energy, and uh, space. Uh, that's that's the, another way to put these, these elements. Uh, so that's where all those things come out of ahankara manifesting the mode of ignorance, the drovya shakti, the powers that create uh, matter. So that's what it says, the tanmatras, and then, in the mode of passion, the senses. When it says senses, it means our instruments of knowledge and of action. There's two categories of senses. The gyanindriya, by, by which we perceive the world, our ears, our skin, our eyes, our tongue, our nose. Those are the gyanindriya. And then the karmindriya, the instruments for sound production or speech, uh, these karo, the two hands, the instruments of manipulation, uh, the legs, the instruments of locomotion, uh, the genitals, instruments of reproduction, and instruments of eliminating waste. But you can think of it as the, the, the karmindriya are the ways we act on the world, and the Ganindriya is the way the world comes into us. So the environment, let's say the, our environment, our re relevant environment, our, our, our uh, that, uh, yeah, um, Umwelt, they call it in German, Umwelt, uh, the relevant environment to some organism. This is, this is it's, uh, how it's used. So that's, that's the Ganindriya. That, that when it says indriya in here, it means all of those. Uh, and in the mode of goodness is manasa, the mind. The mind is the, is the common sense in that all of them feed into the mind. And uh, uh, it, is, it is like uh, the lord of the, 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 the senses and coordinates everything. So that's why the mind is... In, in the mode of goodness, uh, and, and so these uh, things, and and this false ego is uh, chit achit maya, both spirit and matter. Now it's not the spirit and matter remain distinct, but what false ego does is you get them confused, <laughs> you merge them together. So they say that clearly here in the purport uh, of, uh, of text 7. Uh, but they say, the word chit achin maya, uh, uh, if you look at the word forward, it breaks it, chit achit maya, made of both chit and achit, or encompassing they translate it here, chit and achit. The word Chit Achin Maya, encompassing both spirit and matter, is significant in this regard. The false ego is the illusory, con the illusory combination of the eternal conscious soul and the temporary unconscious body. The body itself is unconscious. Even the mind is unconscious. I mean, Freud is just 
credit with discovering the unconscious, but it was understood, you know, from as far back as you can go, that actually the mind itself is unconscious. It's the soul that the, the consciousness comes from. But we confuse them, you know. We think of ourselves. Um, it goes on here. Because the spirit soul desires to exploit illicitly, uh, illegally, uh, the creation of God, he is bewildered by the three modes of nature and assumes an illusory identity within the material world. Struggling to enjoy, he becomes more and more entangled in the complexities of illusion and only increases his anxiety. This hopeless situation can be overcome by taking to pure Krishna consciousness in which the pleasure of the Supreme Lord becomes the only goal of one's life. This is how this material nature stops acting on the spirit soul, which is the goal of conscious uh, of sankhya, even the non-theistic sankhya that you see as uh, was in India is to, is, is to stop this, to separate the prakriti from the actions of uh, uh, of uh, uh So let me, uh, uh, yeah, let me read uh, Bhishma Chakravarti Thakur's. Uh, commentary to this one too uh, he says here uh, uh, yeah ahankara or aham in this verse has three functions sattva, rajas and tamas he calls them functions which is interesting which produce mind, senses and tanmatras Ahankara is spirit and material. Chirachit hmm? Maya. This means that though it is material, it acts as a covering on the spiritual jiva and becomes one with the jiva in the form of a knot of matter and spirit. Uh, this knot in the heart, this is Ahankara. It's described this way. Uh, uh, as this this knot, uh, um, so that's the way he explains it. Uh, now the next the next verse uh, uh, goes on. Uh, I've already discussed some of the next verse while doing this one. Uh, text eight goes, "Atharistan matrikaj yajne tamasa." Indriyanicha Tajasa Devata Asan Ekadasha Chavaikat. From false ego in a mode of ignorance came the subtle physical perceptions. Those are the Tan Matras that I they called subtle physical perceptions. Uh, um, huh from which the gross elements were generated. So that's what happens. It's described earlier in the Bhagavatam. When the Lord's energy, time energy is looking over, it causes first uh, sound appears, and then sound then produces space, and then, it's, um, then uh, uh, again it's energized, and from that comes the object of the sense of touch, and then from there air is produced, uh, and in this way, it goes from subtle to gross. Uh, um, then it goes from false ego in the mode of passion came the senses, the the two kinds, the karmindriya, the senses of action, and jnanindriya, the senses of perception. Uh, and from the false ego in the mode of goodness arose the 11 devatas, uh, ekadas, uh, uh, devata, uh, 11 devas. This means they are, the, the devas are part of the controlling system. And when it mentions 11 here, uh, they're, they're described in the uh, BBT purport. They're mentioned, uh, as they put it, from false ego in the mode of ignorance, sound is generated along with the sense of hearing, 
uh, to receive it, uh, and then, but the sense of hearing to receive it is actually from the mode of passion, because that's where the senses are. But then, the, the, at the same time, the medium uh, that, uh, which that sound produces is space. Next, along with the sensation of touch, air, and the sense of touch are generated, and thus from subtle to gross, all the elements and their perceptions are generated. The senses, because they are busily engaged in activity, are created from false ego in the mode of passion. That's why they're, because passion is act, action, activity. From false ego in goodness come 11 demigods, the deities of the directions, the wind and the sun, Varuna, the Ashvini deities, Agni, Agni, Indra, Upendra, Mitra, Brahma, and Chandra. So this is actually there because the, 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 the knowledge gathering uh, senses uh, uh, each have their deities, which is very interesting because the deity is actually the, the, the doer. In other words, when we hear, there's also a cosmic agent that enables me to hear. It's not that I'm acting independently, like the whole universe is involved in everything that I do. Just like if you think of a cell in my body, that cell that has one little thing that it does maybe, whether it's a skin cell or a, uh, you know, a, a, a different uh, cell in the intestines or a neuron, whatever that one cell does, because it's part of an organic whole, the whole thing is involved in that one cell. So this is saying here, when we, when we hear something, uh, the, there's the, these deities, the, the, the deity of the ears, the disha, uh, there. And when the skin touches the, de- the, govern, the deity that governs the sense of the touch uh, uh, is value. Is, is and the eyes, surya, one of the functions of the sun, the deity of the sun, which provides light so we can see, and also governs the working of the eyes. Uh, 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 then Varuna, uh, the tongue in the sense of uh, uh, which we, the jiva, the tongue, for taste, and then the nose, the twin Ashvini demigods. Uh, and then the active senses also, Agni is the lord of mouths, Indra, of hands, Upendra, of legs, Pajapati, of genitals, and Mitra, of the anus. And this is all described earlier in the Bhagavatam, if you, if you read it. So this, 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 uh, that's the, the, the controlling system uh, that's there. Um, um, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, commenting on this, ether and the other and other elements arose from the tanmatras, which arose from ahankara and tamas, because their nature causes obscuration. The nature of these sense objects uh, uh, actually obscure things. You can't really see what's going on. You become absorbed in them and. Uh, 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 yeah, obscuration. That's why they're called darkness. These elements have the quality of tamas, darkness. They actually blind you, although they're the objects that you see. Okay. Uh, they, they blind you. Tanmatrika, um, uh, uh, which is in the verse, uh, means from the cause of the tanmatras. The ten senses... Uh, that is to say, the the five uh, knowledge gathering senses and the five we call them senses. I'd rather call them instruments. The instruments of knowledge and the instruments of action. Uh, uh, these the these indriya, 
the, the, the karma injury and the gyan injury, at least ten, arise from a hunkar and rajas because of their nature of action, the senses have the quality of rajas. And from a hunkar and sattva arose the devatas in the mind, which he says is indicated by this uh, devata asa, ekadasa cha, the cha, and, yeah, and the mind. Because that's the other thing that comes, manas, that uh, comes from this ahankara in sattva. Because they have the nature of revealing knowledge, they have the quality of sattva, uh, the devatas, and, the, uh, uh, and so on. So that's, that's the, 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 the system. If you don't have uh, this uh, chart, it's available. You can just text uh, Shraddha. It's working. I don't know. Just have it outlined here in a, in a handy uh, chart, which, uh, this whole thing, which I have in front of me because uh, you got to keep the whole thing in your head while you're talking. So, so maybe, uh, well, let's just, go, let's just go on, do, do one last one. I thought I'd get a little further today. Uh, yeah, because the next text one has, has no purport. Text nine, uh, Krishna says, Sudhava maya sanchodita bhava sarve samhatya karinaha andam utpadayam asur mamayantanam uttamam Impelled by me, all these elements combined to function in an orderly fashion, samhatya karana, and together gave birth to the universal egg, which is my excellent place of residence. I love that, my excellent place of residence. So the universe appears like, uh, uh, like uh, described as an egg. As we'll see next time, it's an interesting egg because that very, very thick shells are, are described. But the universe is an egg. And it's my excellent residence because he enters into it. The Lord enters into that universe also as he's transcendent and imminent at the, at the same time. Uh, he says, so the word he uses here, ayatanam, ayatanam means resting place or seat or home or house. Uh, uh, so this is uh, his, his site. Uh, impelled by me, uh, sanchodita is the word that he uses here. And these bhava, these uh, elements and things, samhatya, they, they come together by amalgamation, they say. It means just combining together, uh, samhatya, and then they function. And then the word andam, the, the egg of the universe, uh, uh, which is my ayantanam uttamam, my, my excellent or superior uh, place of residence. And uh, uh, in, in, in other places, there's a description of this andam, this egg, this universal egg in its shell, but we'll have to save that for next week because uh, in, in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita uh, uh, of Sanatana Goswami, we get a tour of the, sh- the shells. Because it's not like an egg with a thin shell and a fat inside. The universe is a small inside and a fat shell, according to, according to this uh, testimony. Uh, there, so uh, we'll take a little tour through, even through the shells, which are apparently occupied places. Um, and so, okay, we'll stop there uh, for today. I'm sorry about our technical difficulties. Uh, they finally were adjusted. We'll have to talk to some tech support from higher authorities, like Apple or whatever. <laughs> What, what to be done. So right now, so we'll, we'll, we'll stop there. And if you can, if you have a question or comment, you can uh, 
text it in if you're on the uh, on the phone system or uh, speak it on the phone system and text it in if you're watching on, on Mayapur on TV. Anything? Okay, Kendra has a question. Yes, he says, my humble obeisances, oh, actually, it's a statement. That the false ego is both material and spiritual sounds very interesting, exclamation point. Yeah, well, explain how the false ego uh, it is what covers the spirit with the wrong idea of itself. So, you see, if aham means I, so it's the self-referential pronoun. But if you don't know who you are, if it's covered by, uh, if it's a false eye, then you, you misidentify yourself with the, with the material body and the mind. Uh, and the other element of that is I am the enjoyer and I am the controller. Uh, the, the other aham, the other aham, the true aham, I am spirit soul, and I am part and parcel of God. I'm not the corollary. I'm not matter. I'm not the mind. I'm not the body. And my job is not I am the enjoyer, but I am the servant of God who's the enjoyer. So that's the true. So in, in, in both cases, there's a sense of I, uh, and therefore there's some consciousness. But the, the, the referent when we're deluded, this ahankar, the deluding energy of the world, we have the wrong idea uh, who we are. Yeah, that's what's uh, that. That's what that's what what happens. And a question here from Ratan Chakraborty: How to overcome false ego? Although we know it's self destruction. One has to, I mean, the process of, of, of devotional service of bhakti is the process of overcoming it by engaging the senses, not in my own gratification, but in the service of serving God's senses. I act to please God. Because people who try to get like, like for example, the ones that are not theistic, like impersonal Hinduism or uh, big chunks of Buddhism. Uh, uh, those people can only try to do nothing. I mean, they, they, they can just withdraw the senses. I mean, the, the, the atheistic sankhya is like that too. You end up doing things like uh, retreating from the world, going into the mayas, living alone in a, in a cave, uh, d d reducing bodily demands, I once knew a devotee who, before he became uh, a, a devotee, was with some Buddhist group uh, in California, and they had in a, on a hillside dug pits, and their idea was to go down to this pit and just stay there and eventually never have to come up. But you see saints like that from different traditions. They, they, they withdraw from society and they simply, uh, you know, on a, on a pillar or something, don't do anything. Uh, that's very difficult. So our idea is to engage the devotional service, is to engage the senses in the service of the master of the senses, so that eventually the, sense, the senses, which are the cause of, the, uh, of our entanglement and our ignorance, become the cause of our liberation. The same thing used one way causes bondage. The same thing used another way causes liberation. And the more we can do that, uh, the more 
uh, everything clears up. And we'll see a different world. Yeah, see, this, this map of the world, it's a kind of a conceptual map of reality, very different from the map of the world that we have received from modern science. So a map is something that you use to take a journey. What is the journey of modern science? To control and enjoy material nature. That's what that map is for. And that's what they're saying we're allowing you to do so. It keeps backfiring on us, but anyway, because when we try to control material nature, it turns out, well, we don't really know what we're doing. We have to back off a little bit, you know. We thought we, you know, the age of germs are over because we have antibiotics. And whoops, okay, back, back off. Uh, you know, the age of... Uh, no food production because now we have insecticides and pesticides. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. We didn't know. You know. But anyway, we keep trying. To, to, so we have a way of looking at the universe which is based on simply our sense gratification to, to try to become gods ourselves, to run the universe. We think eventually we'll be able to conquer space. Can you hear that? I Just listen to those words, conquest of space. Think of it. Anyway, the new frontier, they called it. You know, the frontier. So that's one map. Here's a map given to us by the sages who have become liberated and say, here's the universe, this is what it looks like. Now, in every case, the map is not the territory. It simplifies things. So, but this is the map they've given us. If we want to become free from material nature, if we want to go back to Godhead, if we want to have our senses clear up, mode of goodness prevail, and then see things transcendently, then this is the map to follow. Okay, Mahareddy has a question. What is the source of sense of personality? Is that the mind or the false ego? It's ultimately the false ego. Uh, and then from the false ego, um, uh, the, the mind is generated. So the, 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 but, but the false ego behind the false ego is the real self. And so I am uh, spiritually an individual person. It's not that my individuality with my own unique qualities, uh, 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 they are there in spiritual reality. I don't know what they are because they're not functioning now. All my functions have been dedicated to material things. But as we practice devotional service and use our senses to develop our relationship with Krishna, then also our spiritual identity becomes more and more revealed. When I say I'm not matter, I'm spirit, okay, that's one thing. I'm a servant of Krishna, that's another thing. But servant of Krishna, that can be more and more specific. And exactly what way does Krishna want me to serve, that becomes progressively revealed. So as I get to know God more and more, I also get to discover myself more and more. It's in that relationship. Because the, the idea of a person is essentially a social idea. That we, are, we become, our personality becomes manifest in relationship with other persons. And, and so we have different experiences that way and our own personality is there. Uh, on a material basis, but when, when, when we become integrated into spiritual society, because Krishna, Prabhupada said that God is a person means that God is never alone. He's always surrounded by his devotees. So there's a society, and we want to become part of that society. We want to become joined with it. And that's bhakti. The Christian tradition, God is not alone. He's also, you know, there are angels and saved souls and saints and all those things. You want to be accepted by them. We want you to become one of us. 
And right now, I said, who, you know, who'd want me? <laughs> we should, we should, but by God's mercy, we can become qualified. So that, that's how our personality actually becomes revealed, the, the, the true self. Maharati has another question here. He asks, what happens when the disease, when disease destroys the sense of individual personality, for example, dementia? What goes wrong? Uh, I thought about this because we have, you know, we see dementia or Alzheimer's and people's memory becomes destroyed and it seems their self is being destroyed. But it's only the material manifestation and my, my hope is that whatever happens to my mind in the course of getting old, I can probably always remember Hare Krishna and Rama. <laughs> that, that, will, that will be there. Uh, 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 so, uh, uh, so that would concentrate the mind. Actually, there's a whole lot I'd like to forget. So, <laughs> uh, so I, 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 and 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 people who have no spiritual personality developed, if it's all been embryonic and never developed, it's they don't seem to have any personality. Uh, but the, 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 the real personality is transcendent and it doesn't depend upon the material mind. Uh, and although it may not be able to be expressed, people may not even know it's there. I, I mean, Lord Chaitanya, for example, when he was in his deepest ecstasy, it looked like he was completely unconscious. He wasn't unconscious. Just nobody had access to what he, his mind was so absorbed in Krishna that outside of himself, people would have thought he was not even alive. Even his breathing seemed to stop. He was floating in the, the waters and so on like that. So you, you can't tell about spiritual people. One of the symptoms of ecstasy is stumba, you know, being like a pillar. <laughs> it's like, boom, not there. Anything else? Okay, so we will pick up uh, next week. How far did we get here? Yeah, with text number 10. I'm going to talk a little more about 9. We'll do a little tour of the shells of the universe briefly, and then we'll go on to because it's mentioned there, the egg, and Ken picks up the egg again. Uh, so we'll do that. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.